Hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over our Kaneos and Tiro of Miletus deck, uh, which is a giant tribal themed deck with some of the cards from Kaldheim. Alright, let's get to it. I did that on purpose. I don't have to miss. I believe you. So what happens now? We face each other as God intended. Sportsmanlike. No tricks, no weapons. Skill again, skill along. You mean you'll put down your rock and I'll put down my sword and we'll try and kill each other like civilized people? I can kill you now. Frankly, I think the odds are slightly in your favor at hand fighting. It's not my fault being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, thank you for waiting. I know it takes me a long time to get an episode out, but I am back. Uh, a few things that have been happening to me this week. Um, I can't remember the last time I recorded, but we had a bunch of things happen in the U.S., obviously. Not great things, but for the most part, things are kind of settling down. So today is the 23rd of January. Uh, for me in magic, or in life in general, I've just been working... I've been kind of dealing with moving my desk around and getting everything done like that. When it comes to Magic, uh, I was able to play a few games with my friends. We've been trying to play every Saturday. I ended up playing one of my... Oh my gosh, I can't remember which deck I played. But that's okay. We will find out in just a moment. Oh, I played my everything but green deck which is I have at the helm. Let's see who I have at the helm. I have I have Ludovic and uh, Timna, which, to be honest, I've never played with Timna before. So when my, <laughs> when my friends were explaining, like, oh, yeah, attack two people, lose two life, you know, you can gain two life with it, I was still was like, I don't exactly know, uh, but I realized how powerful it is and why it is a CEDH commander. Uh, the amount of cards you get to draw off it are kind of nuts. But that deck is actually a reanimator deck. Um, we ended up getting down to three people. And one of my friends who was on the podcast, which would be Sterling. Sterling ended up blowing me out one turn. He was playing... Now I gotta look this up because it's been a while since I saw this one. Hirobi's Death Whale, which is a two black black... 4-4 flyer whenever a creature becomes the target of spells or abilities, destroy that creature. So he was playing that deck, and I was playing my reanimator deck. Um, I pretty much had the board locked down. So it was getting on like a two-hour game, so I just swung with everything at both uh, Nick and Sterling. And then Sterling ended up having... He had the darkness for Nick's board, which he was playing uh, the counters deck where you put all the different types of counters on it from Abzan, the bug, which would be which would be the uh, aspect of Warper, which is the two Abzan, 3-3, three, three, uh, when it enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on it and continuous like that uh, for each different type of ability that's in the graveyard. Um, he was able to, Sterling was able to darkness Nick, and then when I swung at both of them to, for lethal, he was able to, sudden spoiling all of my creatures and then uh nick was able to kill me on the crack back 
because I was at five. I think the rest of them were like 30 or 40. So that was the one game I got in um, before I said, you know what? I got to stop. I can't keep doing this. And then I went on and I played a uh, D&D game and drank a little, uh, had a lot of fun. It was more of a downtime D&D game where we were just setting up everything to go to the next fight or to the next mission, which would be taking us along the road to the upper parts of the past the city. Um, we had just finished battling a giant house mimic, uh, which ended up almost killing me. I am the fighter in the group. The rest are basically all uh, tiefling. Well, so sorry. There's three tiefling, uh, a gnome, a halfling, and I am the only human fighter uh, named Thane. But if you want to know more about that, you can always DM me uh, and talk to me about that. I also have finished my 32 decks that I wanted to build. And from now on, if I ever want to build a new deck, I find the color combination and I weigh it. Like, do I want to keep this deck or do I want to get rid of the old deck and build the new deck? Uh, if you want to see the list of the 32 decks, they're on my Twitter, which I think you can just Google or not Google. You can Twitter search thematic commander. If not, I'm at Wolfie MTG. And I post things there basically every day if you want to go take a look at them. Some polls, some questions, and I would love to interact with you. Now, besides that, those are my games. We are going to go on to the next section, which is going to be a little bit about the deck. So I'll see you there. Say, did you ever kill a giant? I killed seven with one boot! Seven! So, a little bit about the deck. We can first, we're going to start by going over who Kaneos and Tiro are. In the Age of Antiquities, the humans of the region that would one day become Miletus, the largest polis on Theros, which would be city, were ruled by uh, a tyrant, an immortal archon. Unchecked for generations, his power grew as he, he carved out a mighty empire. Kaneos and Tiro, joined by their love for one another and for freedom, rose to challenge him. The people rallied to their cause, and the archon was defeated. The legend says that the god Emphra, I believe, granted humans magic to help them overthrow the archon and cast out his Leonin guard. The Polis of Miletus was founded on the ruins of the Fallen Empire as a beacon of freedom and enlightenment, and its people chose Kineos and Tiro to be its guardians. Two great statues were built in their honor. Their real story, however, would be lost to the ages. Instead of peaceful lovers, they would be remembered as two feuding rulers whose deaths were celebrated and whose, whom's, <laughs> whom's monuments symbolized the end of their war. Their, tombs, their tomb is found in the center of the settlement of Oxus, located in Miletus' holdings. So that's a little bit about Canaeus and Tiro. Uh, I believe it says a little bit of trivia. Canaeus and Tiro are based on the Athens lovers oh, Hormodus and Artugushin. I Nope, not going to try it. Uh, known as the transcendence probably also not right all the ways i said that um, but you can go ahead and take a look at that and then a little bit about the deck so i'm going to be doing a giant tribal deck i've tried to build this a couple times um, before it was just a red white deck with the head of it being 
uh, Disciple of Iros, the um, experienced counter giant creature. Uh, but now that we have a second color coming in that's going to be specifically giant tribal, I really wanted to try and build this again. Um, my first experience with giants was go or was in Laurelin. I played in like the Laurelin pre-releases, 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 um, and I played during Laurelin block. I thought they were really cool at the time, um, but also there were tree folk and there were Kifkin and a bunch of other things like this. But I really like them, the feel of these giants when it comes to it. I've always really been fascinated with Laurelin. Um, I've tried to build most of the tribes that were in Laurelin just because I like the art style and. Kaldheim is really giving me, personally, a lot of Lorwyn feels. So I think I'm going to actually really enjoy this set when it comes out. Um, the one thing I wish they did in Kaldheim, I wish they had printed a proper giant legend. We do have a giant legend, but it doesn't span the colors that I really wanted to for these giants. Because you're going to be missing out on a lot of the white giants if you decide not to play uh, white. They also kind of did this also, or they kind of did this for the angel tribe as well which is kind of feels weird in Kaldheim to not have those doing tribal themes so you have a um dwarf theme you have a berserker or a um it's either barbarian or berserker i'm pretty sure it's barbarian themed you have an angel theme you have a troll theme but you don't really have the colored legends that span those tribes' colors. I, that was a really bad way to put it. But you don't have, um, like for the trolls, it's you have a legend that's green-red, but you don't have a legend that's green-red-black, which would help you with all of like the Return to Ravnica trolls and um, some of the other trolls that you can be able to fit in that deck. So it also not being an extremely well- developed tribe already it would be nice to have a legendary creature that really emphasized the colors that that tribe was in the same thing for giants we didn't get a giant legend that also gave us white um we got a blue red one but white really has a lot of those giants that we're going to want to see and uh, play in the decks same thing goes for dwarves i mean dwarves are really only red so i guess you kind of got it but we'll see how that goes uh red and white actually red and white because there's all of Kaladesh. Um, and then we are we also are getting demon cards, but I don't know if they're really demon-themed. So anyways, uh, that's enough of my little diatribe. We'll get into more of that as we get onto a new section I'm adding. Uh, so stick tuned for that. I hit the mic like a idiot, but that's okay. All right, so that was a little bit of history. I believe, uh, if anybody cares, Lorwyn obviously had a giant tribal theme to it and giants were one of them um but besides that let's get on to the deck i'll see you there istanbul was constantinople now it's istanbul now constantinople been a long time gone constantinople now church delight on a moonlit night every gal in constantinople lives in istanbul now constantinople so human day in constantinople she'll be waiting in istanbul even old new york was once new amsterdam why they change it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So, back to Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Constantinople. So, all right. So this is kind of like a normal deck, but it's obviously... I'm going to break it down into different sections. Um, we're going to have our creatures, our draw, 
some of the other effects that I put into sections. You can check out the deck list in the no uh, in the show descriptions. Haha, <laughs> we're getting there. Um, or I think you can just go to you can search me on Architect at Wolfie MTG, and you should be able to look at all the past deck lists. I keep them all public too. Um, I'm also starting to catalog my 32 decks into uh, Architect. So let's start with the commander. We have Kineos Interior of Miletus, red, green, white, blue, 2 8, legendary human soldier. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card. Each. Oh, sorry, no. At the beginning of your end step, draw a card. Each player may put a land card from his or her hand onto the battlefield, and then each opponent who didn't draws a card. So you get to do both options. You get to draw a card and you get to put a land down. And then every a player or opponent uh, can either choose to draw or can either choose to put a land down or draw a card. So this is kind of a groupy, group huggy commander. I am playing it because its color color scheme matches what I wanted to play. And when I was looking at the other four color combinations, none of them really stuck out to me to really fe- have that giant tree, uh, giant tribal theme to it. I actually tore apart my uh, Landfall Omnath deck to build this deck because I really didn't like the way that Landfall was working. And if I wanted to do more of a Landfall, I'd just go for Teamer instead of um, everything but Black. So, all right. So that's our commander. We're going to go to our Giants. And I, like I said, I split these into different sections. So we're going to go with just the Giant Creatures first here. So we're going to start with, uh, there are going to be some Kaldheim cards in here, so just bear with me if I don't know their names completely. So we have Calamity Bearer, 2 Red Red, 3 4, Giant Berserker, it is Berserker, that is the other theme. Uh, It has the ability, if a giant source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to that permanent or player instead. So we have our Furnace of Wrath on a giant. We have Cloud Goat Ranger. Uh, three white white three three when cloud goat ranger comes into play create three one one kifkin soldier creature tokens you can tap three untapped kifkin you control to give cloud goat ranger plus two plus oh and gains flying until end of turn so this is really a army on a stick a lot of the giants that i'm playing there are plenty of giants that you can be playing that are lower mana cost or um have different effects all the giants i've chosen are either going to have an effect that really matters to the board or something that um, can either affect multiple players or affect permanence. There are some giants that I'm not including um, that are just like low casting big creatures that I didn't really think mattered a whole lot, but obviously you can build the deck how you want. So Frost Titan, four, green, or four blue blue, six six. When it becomes the target of spells or abilities, opponent controls. Counter those abilities unless your opponent pays two. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, tap target permanent. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So, obviously, we're going to be playing all the Titans that we can. We can't play Primeval Titan, unfortunately, because it's banned in EDH. But which might change, but you never know. Uh, Giant Harbringer, four and a red, three, four. This you can search your library for a giant card. Remember that. Uh, And you can put it on top of your library. Another theme that we have in Kaldheim, which is really good, is Changeling. Um, I don't have a whole lot of Changelings in the deck, but they are technically giants. So it really comes back to that. Hamlet back Goliath. 
6 and a red for a 6-6. Six, six. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on Hamelback, uh, where X is that creature's power. Just a big beater that keeps getting bigger for each card we have out. 100-handed 1. 2 white white for a 3-5. Vigilance. It has monstrous, and when you monstrous it for 3 white white white, uh, it gets 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters and can block up to, uh, I think it's 99 creatures. So it can block 99 creatures, so 100 hands. So one extra, I believe. Um, and it gains reach, so... We have Jareth, Leonin, Titan, 3, white, 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 4, 7. When it blocks, it gets plus 7, plus 7 until end of turn. And then you can pay 1 white. It gains protection from a color of your choosing until end of turn. Kalmi, Disciple of Iroas, uh, 2, red, white, for a 3, 3, double strike, vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell with converted mana cost 5 or greater, which is going to be quite a few of our cards, you get an experience counter. Kalmi... Uh, Disciple of Iroas gets plus one, plus one for each experience counter you have on it. Outland Colossus, three green greens, six, six, renowned. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, if it isn't renowned, put a plus one, plus one, plus one counter on it. Oh, sorry, put six plus one, plus one counters on it, uh, and it becomes renowned. It can't be blocked by more than one creature. Here's another Kaldheim card, uh, Quake, Quake Bringer. Three red red for a five four. Your opponents can't gain life. Seems pretty good. Hum uh, giant berserker. At the beginning of your upkeep, Quakebringer deals two damage to each opponent. This ability triggers only if Quakebringer is on the battlefield or Quakebringer is in your graveyard and you control another giant. So this has I can't remember what it was. I think it was an angel from original Ravnica. Either when it's in your graveyard or when it's in play, you gain a life. Um, now this has just, as long as this is somewhere in the graveyard or the battlefield and I control a giant, all my opponents are going to keep getting pinged for two. It also has Fortel, uh, which Fortel is you can pay two mana at any time during your turn, which seems crazy to me, um, and set it aside face down in an exile capacity. And then at any time in a sequential turn, you can pay four and play that card when you can play a normal creature. We have Ruhan of the Fomore, one and a Abzan. Nope. Oh my gosh. One and a Jeskai, so red, white, blue. A 7 7 Giant Warrior. At the beginning of combat on your turn, choose an opponent at random. Ruhan attacks that player this combat if able. Shrootland Flinger, <laughs> uh, three red red for a four six. When it attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, it deals damage. So, Flinger deals damage equal to the sacrificed creature's power to any target. If the sacrificed creature was a giant, it deals twice that damage. Oh, crazy! I actually haven't read that card. Um, so you can sacrifice any other creature, and since we're playing so many giants, you're most likely going to sacrifice a giant, deal double its damage. Uh, just a nice way to fling fling our Hamelback Goliath. And then we have Thraxi, the Sudden Storm, three blue-blue for a 4-5, flash flying. Whenever you cast, or spells you cast with converted mana cost five or greater, costs one less to cast, so it's a ramp spell. And can't be countered. And it's also protection. 
Uh, also evasion, which is super sweet. We don't have a lot of giants with flying. Oh, sorry. And it's also a legendary creature elemental giant. So there we go. So those are all of our like kind of normal creatures that don't really serve like a huge role except for being big beaters and having effects that are relevant to the board state. Um, now we're going to go to the individual categories. So we have one of our life gain commanders, uh, Brian, Brian Stout Arm, two red white for a 4 4 lifelink. And then it has the pay one red, tap, sacrifice another creature, deal damage. Uh, sacrifice another creature. Uh, Brian deals damage equal to sacrifice creature's power to target player. Just a quick way to get one of our giant giants and swing it at somebody's face. Hopefully, maybe finish someone off. And that was all for our life gain. We're not playing a whole lot of life gain when it comes really down to it. Uh, a few of our overrun effects. We have Borderland. Oh, we have Borderland Behemoth. Five, red, red for a 4-4. Four, four. Trample, giant warrior. Borderland Behemoth gets plus four, plus four for each other giant you control. So obviously, hopefully we're, even if we get one out, it becomes an 8-8 eight, eight trampler. If we have two giants out, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And hopefully we can swing in for that massive amounts of damage. Now, this is one of my more favorite cards. And the whole cycle of this from Lorwyn, I really, really love. Um, Sunrise Sive Sovereign. Sunrise Sovereign. Four, five and a red. Five, five. Other giant creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have trample. So he doesn't give himself the bonuses or trample. But there was a whole, like, um, turn timber protector and... Um, there was an elemental one that allows you to sneak attack a creature into play. There was a whole cycle of these types of cards from Lorwyn, which I really enjoyed having. Um, but Sunrise Sovereign, also one of our overrun effects. When it comes to our Wraths, now I'm going to be saying a couple cards that um, are giants and not giants. We have Bloodfire Colossus, 6 red red for a 6-6. Six, six. You can pay 1 red, sacrifice it. It deals 6 damage to each creature and each player. Uh, be careful not to kill yourself. Uh, Cyclone Summoner. Now this is a giant from Kaldheim. 5 blue blue. It's a 7-7 seven, seven giant wizard. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, return all permanents to their owner's hands uh, except for giants and wizards and lands. So... Our, our version of Cyclonic Rift, hopefully your opponents aren't playing other giants or wizards, um, but you'll be able to Cyclonic Rift the field and hopefully swing in for the win. Desolation Giant, 2, Red Red for a 3-3, three, three, Kicker, White White. When it enters the battlefield, destroy all other creatures you control. If it was kicked, destroy all other creatures. So just a Wrath effect for 6 mana, uh, and you get to keep a 3-3 three, three body. Kalmini's Captain. 3, white, white, for a 5-5 five, five Vigilance Giant Soldier. 8 Monstrous is for 5, white, white, Monstrous 3. Whenever it becomes Monstrous, exile all artifacts and enchantments. Um, we're playing a few artifacts and enchantments, uh, some important ones, but a lot of our ramp is green uh, land ramp, so not too bad. Thundercloud Shaman, 3, red, red. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to the number of giants you control to each non-giant creature, uh, and it is a 4-4. Four, four. So this is one card you can cut because it's not really a Wrath, and the worst it can be is a 4-mana deal 1 damage to all creatures, which is kind of iffy. And then a non-giant Wrath that we have here is Winds of Abandonment. 
uh, one in a white exile target creature you don't control for each creature exiled this way its controller searches the library for a basic land puts it in a play tap and shuffle the library and then overload for four white white i really like winds of abandon um for the same reason people like cyclonic rift um with Winds of Abandon, you can just get rid of all your opponent's blockers, swing in, get in the damage. Yeah, they do get the ramp, um, but against some decks, they might only be able to get two or three lands. Um, against other decks, you could put them up to turn like 10, but that's another story. Uh, following along with the Wrath theme, we're going to go on to our removal-themed Arbor Colossus, two green, 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 six, six, reach. Uh, three green, green, green monstrous for three. When it becomes monstrous, you can destroy a target creature with flying and opponent controls. Um, just a little more flying protection. This is another card you can kind of cut. When I first saw it, I thought it destroyed an artifact or enchantment, but turns out I was wrong. So, but it is a five mana six six, which is whatever. Basalt Ravager. Uh, this is another call time card. Three and a red for a four two. When it enters the battlefield, it deals X damage to tar two any target where x is the greatest number of creatures you control that have a creature type in common so if we have a bunch of giants we can deal that much damage to any target equal to the number of giants bone crusher giant two in a red uh it also it has the adventure where it's one in a red stomp deal uh damage can't be prevented this turn and it deals two damage to any target uh and then you can Play it off of its adventure or just play it for regular for a 4-3. Uh, whenever it becomes the target of spells or abilities, it deals 2 damage to that spell's controller. Good early drop, good aggressive card. Um, it reaches that 4 power level, which is kind of important with some of our other cards. Fury Stoke Giant, 3 red red for a 3-3. When it, when it comes into play, other creatures you control gain tap. This creature deals 2 damage to target creature or player until end of turn. And then it has Persist, so when it dies, it'll come back to play with a minus one, minus one counter on it. Works really well with things like uh, Cloud Goat Ranger. Inferno Titan, four red red for a 6-6 six, six, giant. Uh, it has Fire Breathing, and whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three targets. Uh, Jotun Grunt, one in a white. This is from Cold Snap. It's a 4-4. Four, four. It has the accumulative upkeep, put two cards in a single graveyard onto the bottom of their owner's library so this is a little bit of graveyard hate so you can it's kind of okay early game most of the time you're not going to be playing it on turn two you're probably going to be playing it on turn four or five um because it's going to take a while but if there's those people that are like aggressively filling up their graveyard Jotun grunt is really good for that you put those two key cards down you put those two key cards down and then it's two four six and hopefully at some point they just won't have a graveyard Sunder Shaman, red, red, green, green for a 5-5. Can't be blocked by more than one creature. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, destroy target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So a lot of the times, hopefully, if that person's like trying to combo out, you can start attacking them with this 5-5, destroying key artifacts, um, or just destroying mana rocks when people are open. Um, and then sometimes it'll just eat a creature, which isn't too bad. So now all that removal's out of the way, we're going to be going on to the ways we gain card advantage in the deck. So like I was saying, here's one of the legendary, or here is the legendary giant that came in the Kaldheim set, which is Agar the Freezing Flame, one blue-red for a 3-3 three, three, giant wizard. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage, if a giant wizard 
If a giant, wizard, or spell you control dealt damage to the to it this turn, draw a card. And then these are some Kaldheim-themed sagas. Battle of Frost and Fire, three, blue, red, saga. The first part of the saga is it deals four damage to each non-giant creature and each planeswalker. Uh, step two is scry three. Step three is whenever you cast a spell with converted may cost five or greater, draw two cards and then discard a card. And then the next saga is Invasion of the Giants, uh, blue, red, First step, scry two. Second step, draw a card. Then you may reveal a giant from your hand. Whenever you do, Invasion of the Giants deals two damage to target opponent or planeswalker. And then the three is the next giant spell you cast costs two less to cast. And then we're just going to go over the last non-giant in that section, which would be Vanquisher's Banner, five mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, you name a creature type. Whenever... Or, Creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one, plus one. And whenever you cast a creature spell of the chosen type, you draw a card. Stone, Stone Hewer Giant, three white, white for a 4-4 four, four Vigilance. Uh, one in a white tap. Search your library for an equipment and put it into the battlefield. Attach it to a creature you control, then shuffle your library. We have a few equipments. You can actually probably add some more. Um, this is more for flavor or to your taste and to the meta for what cards you want to get with this. Searchland Elementalist. This is one from Kaldheim. Five blue blue for an 8-8. Eight eight. Holy Jesus, I didn't realize how big it was. As an additional cost to casting the spell, reveal a giant card from your hand or pay two. Reveal a giant card from your hand or pay two. Oh, that's an expensive card. Probably one you can cut. But whenever, whenever it attacks, you may cast an insert and sorcery from your graveyard. Or no, you may cast an instant or sorcery from your hand without paying its mana cost. Uh, for the most part, for us, this is going to be mostly ramp spells. We have Tectonic Giant, 2 Red Red for a 3-4. When it attacks or becomes the target of spells and abilities, um, your opponent's control, choose one. It deals 3 damage to each opponent, or exile the top 2 cards of your library. Choose one of them until end of turn you can... Until the end of your next turn... You may play that card. So a draw effect, plus also a pseudo protection, but mostly a, just a draw effect each turn. And then we have our like pseudo combo pieces, but also just combo pieces. We have Boon Weaver Giant, six and a white for a four four giant monk. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library. You know, sorry, you may search your graveyard, hand, and or library for an aura for an aura card and put it onto the battlefield attached to Boon Weaver. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. So Boonweaver Giant is a two-card combo. So when Boonweaver Giant comes into play, we go and get another card in our deck, which is called Gift of Immortality, which is two and a white, enchantment aura, enchant creature. Whenever enchanted creature dies, return to the battlefield under its owner's control. Return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. So Boomweaver Giant goes finds Gift of Immortality. Um, if Boomweaver Giant dies with Gift of Immortality on it, uh, is not exiled. Basically, you get to get Gift of Immortality back immediately, so it's kind of an infinite blocker. But if we also have another card out, but if we also have Goblin Bombardment out, uh, which is another card in our deck, which is one in a red enchantment, sacrifice creature, Goblin Bombardment deals one damage to target creature or player. So now if we have Goblin Bombardment out and uh 
play our Boom Weaver Giant, we can go infinite damage to the entire table uh, with Boom Weaver Giant. So what you'd do is you'd get Boom Weaver Giant, get Gift of Immortality, sacrifice Boom Weaver Giant to Goblin Bombardment. The trigger of Gift of Immortality comes back. Boom Weaver Giant comes into play and immediately grabs Gift of Immortality because it does say from your graveyard. And then you just rinse and repeat with Goblin Bombardment and kill the entire table. Another part of that exact same combo is Sun Titan, four, which is also a giant, haha, which is four white, white for a 6-6, six, six, Vigilance. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you may, you may return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So obviously you'd have to have Sun Titan, Gift of Immortality, and uh, Goblin Bombardment out or in play for Sun Titan to go off like that. But just remember, even if you like Boom Weaver Giant and it didn't go off, if you draw the Sun Titan, you can still win with Gift of Immortality. A couple other cards that work really well with Gift of Immortality, uh, Protector of the Crown, five and a white. When it when Protector of the Crown enters the battlefield, you may become the Monarch. Or no, you do become the Monarch. It is also a giant soldier. Two six, or two five. All damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to protector of the crown instead so with a gift of immortality on this or a favor of the mighty if you um have which will go over favor of the mighty but it can give protection of all colors um whenever you get attacked for like lethal or damage gets dealt to you um that would be lethal it just all goes to protector of the crown and then when protector of the crown dies it'll come back with gift of immortality you'll regain the monarch and then gift of immortality be put on it for the next person's turn and then we have Palisade Giant, which is four white-white for a 2-7. Uh, same ability. All damage that would be dealt to you or another or another permanent you control is dealt to Palisade Giant instead. So with Gifted Immortality on that, you're basically able to have an infinite blocker each turn. And then I'm playing Belby's Portal. Um, you can also just play a, a Quicksilver Amulet, which might be a little bit better. A little bit better. Uh, Belby's Portal is five mana as it comes into play choose a creature type you can tap it for three or pay three tap it put a creature card of the chosen type from your hand onto the battlefield that i put in the combo section just because it helps us get out our bigger giants a little bit faster uh some of the some of the equipments that we can go and grab with our boom weaver giant is shadow spear one mana legendary artifact equipment Equip creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample and lifelink, so another life gain effect. And then you can pay one, permanence your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn, and equips for two. And it doesn't need to be equipped to activate that ability. And then swift foot boots, two, two mana artifact equipment, equip creature has hexproof and haste, and equips for one. Now for the enchantments, uh, favor of the mighty, like I was talking about before, is one and a white tribal enchantment giant. Each creature with the highest converted mana cost has protection from all colors. Be careful with this because it doesn't say each creature you control. It says each creature. So if somebody has an Eldrazi out, you auto give it protection from all colors. So be careful with that. Um, also be careful with things like Gift of Immortality and Boom Weaver Giant. If Boom Weaver Giant is coming into play, uh, you won't actually be able to equip Gift of Immortality or Enchant Gift of Immortality, I believe. Or maybe you will. I'm not completely certain. Um, does it say to target? Oh, funny enough. It doesn't say. It, it just comes into the battlefield attached to Boom Weaver Giant. So I believe it gets around the protection. 
and I'm not sure about Sun Titan, but just as a heads up to that. Uh, Gum Bombardment, which we read. Lurking Predators is a big one that I like to put in any deck that I play that is creature heavy and can support it. Lurking Predators, four green green enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it is a creature, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, you may put that card on the bottom of its owner's li- or on the bottom of your library. Um, I've had Lurking Predators out before a few times, and I was playing a sea monster deck. And I was able to get three or four creatures before the turn came around. Um, You'll be surprised how many times people cast spells, obviously, on their turn. And you get a trigger for each time they cast a spell. Um, I've been looking for a lot more of these effects um, where it's something that somebody's going to do during the game and you get the effect. So I'm actually building a um, group slug deck. And I'm trying to avoid any of those, like, if your opponent plays a land because... As you get later in the game, those cards aren't as good. But cards that say if your opponent casts a spell, um, they are people have to, for the most part, cast spells to progress the game. So like things like Lurking Predators are really good. And then we have Teamer's Ascendancy. Teamer Ascendancy. Green, blue, red, enchantment. Creatures you control have haste. Great, because most of our giants are very slow. Whenever a creature with power 4 or greater enters the battlefield under your control you may draw a card. So this could have also gone into the draw effects, but that's okay. And then our last section, which is the ramp section, I'm going to go over this real quick. So we have uh, Arcane Signet, we have Boros Signet, we have Gruul Signet, we have Three Visits, which is just like a Rampant Growth, or, or it's just like a Nature's Lore. We also have Rampant Growth and Nature's Lore. We are playing Into the North. Um, for the most part, we are playing a lot of Snowlands. There are the Snowlands that are also uh, double land types that are also coming in, uh, but it's just another uh, rampant growth or nature's lore effect. We have Farseek, Soul Ring, uh, and those are most of our two drop ramp spells. Then we have things like Beanstalk Giant, so another reason we're playing uh, green here. Six and a green. It has the adventure cost of our two and a green. Search your library for a basic land, put it into play, and then shuffle your library. And then its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. And uh, the adventure cost is basically its converted mana cost. We have Urza's Incubator. Three mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creature spells of the chosen type cost two less to cast. Something along the same vein is Stink Drinker Daredevil. Two and a red for a 1-3 Goblin Rogue. Giant spells you cost, you cast cost two less, so it's just basically another Urza's Incubator, Soul Ring, Kadama's Reach, and then we have Herald's Horn. Uh, Herald's Horn, I'm not sure if you're too familiar. You probably should be. Three mana. When it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures of the chosen type cost one cast cost one less to one less to cast. At the beginning of your upkeep, look at the top card of your library if it is a creature of the chosen type. You may veal it and put it into your hand. So this can also be another draw effect, but it's also a ramp effect. Um, and we're through. Um, when it comes to lands, I'm playing a lot of snow lands. This land, uh, the lands on this deck base aren't completely flushed out. For the most part, I'm just playing a bunch of snow basics. A scrying sheets, which is very expensive, so I don't actually own one yet. Um, and that's, for the most part, all of it. In our maybe board, I did put a bloodshot Bloodshot Cyclops, 5 and a red, 4-4, four, four, giant, sacrifice a creature, Bloodshot Cyclops, deals damage equal to 
the sacrifice creature's power to target creature or player. Um, but that's it. So that was all of our cards for this deck. Um, I have playtested it a little bit. I am excited to build it. Uh, for the most part, I'm just waiting on all the call time cards. I didn't pre-order any of them for the most part. Uh, but with the... I am going to be cutting out a couple sections, so I'm not going to be doing the stats section because I found it kind of boring and, um, like, the gameplay section, which I also found kind of boring. And I kind of went over the game section as we were reading the deck. Uh, but I'm going to go over a few different things that I find kind of important. For the most part, I am playing 14 ramp spells from anywhere, or with most of them being two converted mana costs because you do want to get from turn 2 to turn 4. Um, as fast as possible, and most of them are land ramp effects. Now, that is more of a problem when it comes to land ramp effects, them being uh, color-restricted. You can play more artifacts, um, and you could also just cut green out of this deck completely if you really wanted to. The only things you'd be missing out on are, like, Outland Colossus and Arbor Colossus and uh, Sunder Shaman, um, but for the most part, and Lurking Predators, which I really enjoy, but that's all right. But for the most part, those are the only things you'd really be missing, and you could just play as your commander, uh, Ruhan of the Formore, if you wanted to be giant-themed. But I also really liked playing, like, Beanstalk Giant and stuff like that, so that's why I decided to go green. I have been including in most of my decks, in most of my white-based decks, the Boonweaver Giant-Sun-Titan combo with Gift of Immortality. Um, and if I'm not playing red in that deck, I actually play a Altar of Dementia so you can mill your opponents out for infinite. So, for the most part, I haven't actually gotten to play it yet, but Boon Weaver Giant being at 7 really feels like a fair time that, like, all right, we're on turn 7, I have the combo piece out, let's see if I can win. It's turn 7, they can exile it, they can kill the Gift of Immortality, they can kill the Sacrifice thing, so it's not really non-interactable. But it is just a two-card combo if you draw another... If you draw a sack effect in Boomweaver Giant, so I really like that. But for the most part, super excited to play this deck, super excited for Kaldheim. Um, let's get on to the new section, which I like to call a Letter to Wizards. Oh, I'm never gonna get to see Opal. <sighs> All I wanna do is see you turn into a giant woman, a giant woman. All I wanna be is someone who gets to see a giant woman. All I want to do is help you turn into a giant woman, a giant woman. All I want to be is someone who gets to see a giant woman. Oh, I know it So, our new section here. Oh, and just because I want to mention, this deck comes in at a total of $235, which is not too bad. Our most expensive cards are in... Hmm. I'm not sure. There's not a whole lot of expensive cards in this deck. Uh, however, reserve list cards are going insane, which I think is kind of insane, but that's all right. All right, so letter to wizards. So what I'm going to be doing in this section is I'm going to be writing a letter to wizards. Um, so for the most part, I try and get at least two episodes out a month. So that would be about two letters that I'd write to the wizards. I do this when it comes to um, writing to my congressman and everything like that, whenever anything comes up in my head. So in this letter to wizards, um, I'm going to read it out. So 
I always started off with a compliment because you I always compliment sandwich people, which is kind of bad, but maybe it gabs their attention a little bit more. So it's usually starts off with Dear Wizards, thank you for creating call time. I really love the feel and the theme of this deck or of this set that's coming out. It really gives me a lot of Lorwyn feels, and that's great. Uh, some of the things that I wish had happened in Kaldheim is I wish that we actually got a, a giant legend that spanned the Jeskai colors. For the most part, you're missing out on a lot of white-colored giants. I know there aren't a lot of white giants in Kaldheim, but it would have been really great to have something like that for giants. It would also be really nice to have that for angels as well, so we could have a multicolored angel deck because there are black. Now you're introducing more black angels, so it would have been nice to be able to play a commander that also follows those guidelines. Thank you so much for all the hard work you're doing. And we, I will be getting back to you in another two weeks. Thank you so much, wizards, and keep up the good work. Um, so that's the letter I'm going, I'm going to be sending to them. Remember, you can also send a letter to wizards. Um, feel free to. I'm going to find the link for you so that you can message them. Um, I might also just message this to people like Gavin Verhey um, or any of the creative designers. Just say... Because if you don't get your opinion out or if you kind of just scream it into the void, how will they ever really know what they want changed, what characters you want to see? Uh, remember, always try to be very nice as well. If you're just going to spew out toxic messages at them, they're really not going to want to read it. And then they'll probably also not remember it. Um, but if you're like, man, I really love that character. I want to see more of that character. Um, they might just put it on a checklist and be like, all right. That's one more that wants to see that character. Sweet. But that was this section. I thought it was really cool. I think it's something that I really enjoy doing. I do it a lot. Like at my break time, I'll just write out a message to something and then send it out. I usually sometimes might take a day, reread it, and then send it out. But yeah, so that was the new section. I hope you liked it. Um, if you want to compose a letter to Wizards and have me look over it, or if you want to compose a letter together to Wizards, uh, let me know and we'll do it together. All right. Thank you, and we're going to be going on to the end. Uh, do you know who I am? <laughs> All you want to do is see me turn into a giant woman. So here we are at the end. Uh, I just want to say thank you, everybody. I am super excited for call time. I can't wait to get another deck out. Uh, right now, I am getting into my, or putting onto my Architect, all of my decks that I currently have built. When you're looking at the Architect, you can see them listed as like 1 of 32, 2 of 32, 16 of 32, everything like that. And um, if you have any questions about them, feel free to message me at WolfieMTG on Twitter. I do also have an Instagram where I post some of the different cards and things like that. Um, and I try to do memes there. Not great at them, but why not? And for the most part, that's it. Uh, I'll be around at some point. I'm probably going to want to reach out to another contact creator and get their theme decks out. Um, if you're listening feel free to message me if you have a really cool theme deck. Uh, if it's based off of a show like Seinfeld or if it's based off of a uh, character from a book or anything like that, feel free to message me. And I could either feature your deck or I could try and have you come on and we could do that. 
But if not, that's okay. Everybody that's listening, thank you so much for sticking with me. I know I come out so infrequently, but I love doing these. And for the most part, um, whenever I have a free hour, I try to get a new uh, episode in. When it comes to support, please feel free to... um, I believe I'm on iTunes. You can like and review me on iTunes. I'm on Spotify, I believe, also as well. I don't know what the rating system is on Spotify or wherever you get this podcast. You can feel free to like, comment, um, whatever you'd like to do. If you want to just shoot me a message about your ideas and we can, I can hash out um, a theme deck for you if you'd like, feel free to. Uh, Patreon and stuff like that, if I do set up one at some point um, – it would mostly all the funding and stuff for that would be going to actually buying the name thematic commander and maybe posting my cast on a separate website, which would be my own, or maybe getting a actual uh, thumbnail uh, icon and stuff for thematic commander. But thank you again and keep it thematic. Bye. I'll beat you apart. I'll take you both together. It's not very long. Why won't my arms move? You've been mostly dead all day. We have Miracle Max make a pill to bring you back. Who are you? Are we enemies? Why am I on this wall? Where's Buttercup? Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Buttercup is Mary Humperdinck in a little less than half an hour. So all we have to do is get in, break up the wedding, steal the princess, make our escape. After I kill Count Rugen. It doesn't need much time for dilly-dallying. You just wiggle your finger. That's wonderful.